This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. All right. It is Monday. We're coming at you a bit early because there's an Origin game on Wednesday night. Give you a bit more time to digest this and uh, have a couple of days. You know, people are busy. Mitch, sometimes they don't listen on the day of. They need the next day. A little buffer zone. So we'll give that to them this week with a massive game coming on Wednesday night. Yeah, we will. And uh, you've got questions after that. So we'll do like a little wrap and questions. Yeah. The day yeah, after, because yeah. uh, if we save Origin chat for next week, nobody cares anymore. That is, that is true. Origin, Origin is out of all sports, off by the way. It's one of those sports off. on the night. I'm so happy or so sad, but honestly, yeah. it washes off like that. It really does. Like, I'm so much more miserable or happy the next day on a Broncos win than I am a Queensland one. The Queensland one, I think I get if they win, I get up, I feel pretty good, have a shower, yeah, talk to like one colleague, and I'm over it. Yeah, I've been walking on cloud nine today. Um, <laughs> you know, after the yeah. game, but, I mean, I, I obviously can't relate to that situation, but I completely get it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind right. of like you know, it's not that a team I follow less. You know, the feeling that you follow enough teams and mm. wins matter more and, and whatever. But you know, again, we're in. You know, even if we lose on Wednesday night, we're back in the final next year, which is the great news for us. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's always been my thing about people who care more about Origin than their team. It's like, bro, you you have a. I mean, obviously, it's not mathematically 50-50, but it's like, bro, you have a 50-50 chance of winning this every year. So, like, yeah. how can it mean more? How can you, it mean there's more? There's no wildcard entry, mate. You automatically qualify next year. Who was it that you said, said it? that, like, I was Val Holmes when in, like, 2017 when he said that winning with the Maroons was, like, the greatest moment of his life. It's like, bro, you broke, like, you broke the Sharks. His, like, they'd never won a comp before in their 40-something year history, and you were a big part of that. Like... Queensland yeah. win every other year or most years. Yeah. In fact. It's like, and he experienced both. <laughs> it's like, because he had experienced both as well. That's the thing. He'd just done that. And he's like, man, I tell you what, this origin thing, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of those plucky sharks, they're back uh, 28 to six against a relatively depleted storm side. Um, you know, great for the Nico Hines haters with how good Cronulla play. But I, I, I'm, it's just remarkable, Mitch, I think, how much better. Um, Dalfanuka makes their defensive shape and their organization. I think that him being out of that team was a huge loss earlier in the year. And mm-hmm. it's shown, I think they're seven and one with him playing. So yeah, they were, they were really, really good in this game. Very slow performance. And again, I know it's a very understrength storm team, but the sharks have sort of been treading water for a little while now. And it's, it's, if you are of that persuasion, it's quite heartening, I think, to see them put together a very, very solid performance like this. And honestly, they probably should have helped them scoreless. Uh, they're, they're eight and three with Fanukin, by the way. No, okay. There must be some stat of seven and one. Because I heard this. Oh, sorry, no, it was seven and one in games where he finished. Sorry, I think because there was two of those games where he got injured or something. There you go. Got concussed. There was there was was obviously some stat that I I remember hearing someone. I can't remember what it was for, but yeah, I'm not trying to knock the Sharks here and disrespect them. We spoke about it on the podcast last week for the cold train. I couldn't believe that the the Sharks were favorite. So Storm were favorites, and that was purely on them being the Storm alone. It was like no one even looked at the team list. No. Well, they looked and they saw like, oh, they have Brandon Smith and Jerome Hughes and Pappenhausen. Mm. That's that was pretty much it. But like from the kickoff, did the Storm like move forward in defense once? Mm. Like they did not get off their line like the entire game. And we know with the Sharks' ability to move the ball around the park, that's obviously not going to work out very well for you defensively. And Matt Moylan had had a great game. Braden Trindle had a great game, but it. It's hard to say any shark didn't have a great game because they had free run. They had free run from kickoff 
to, to, Matt, to Matt, Matt Moylan thrives when no one tries to put pressure on him. He was excellent again. He was. He had a fantastic game. You know, Jesse Ramey had his first career hat trick. Could have had another. They yeah, left points out yeah. there. Honestly, this is the game that the Sharks, again, could have won by 50. And we've said a few times now, the Storm have been there to, to, to be beaten a, a few mm. times this season. It hasn't happened, but they, they were really hanging on, getting through some games, hanging on and some occasions. But, mate, they look like at the moment, I know they have players back, but it looks like they, they couldn't beat anybody bar, the, you know, the couple of bottom sides. I'm not sure they're making the top four. Just with how soft Cronulla's running is, how good Penrith are, obviously, the Cowboys as well. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, mate, they're not that far ahead anymore. I thought they had enough yeah. wins at one point, right? I mean, they're, you know, one, they're yeah. one win ahead of you guys and Parra, two wins ahead of Souths, who they play in Sydney in a couple of weeks' time. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And they got through, you know, by the skin of their teeth on a couple of those wins. We've already discussed that in the past. But this game, was it was piss poor. And, you know, Bellamy isn't one often to get things wrong. But, you know, Grant Anderson is not a first-grade footballer. And he knew that. Like, he knew that when he debuted him. He said he was the last option. And he only debuted him because Will Warbrick got hurt that week. Well, Will Warbrick played Queensland Cup last weekend. Like, last weekend and this weekend. He, you play with fire, you're going to get burned, you know. Mm. And uh, he got burnt there. And it's not just there, though. Like, guys like Anderson and Iremia. They made some terrible decisions in this game defensively, awful decisions. And that, that looked like it was on them, but really it was because nobody was moving infield. Nobody was taking a step forward. Like one of the ones when Iremia shot up, I think it was, it was Ramian's first try. It's like him and Olam on the left of the play the ball on their goal line to like five sharks. Yeah. What the, like what the fuck is going on? But it's, you look at that, the, the, the storm over a number of years, have been really good at filling, backfilling their roster, of filling their roster up with those guys who, in two or three years' time, they end up being Storm first graders, or they, yeah. you know, they have, or they end up being someone who has a good few weeks and is overpaid elsewhere. Like you think of good players, they have like you think of the Bromwich boys and how Kenny was just a, a throw in with Jesse. You think of how Felice Kafusi was out of out of an NRL only in Queensland Cup. They took him down there, got it, got that out of him. You know, you think how they had Pappenhausen and drink water ready. How Hughes was there in depth, how they spent years on all them, all these guys they sprinkled through and they brought through and they look like, you know, guys that were going to be future first graders for them, or they've taken them from other yeah. development systems or similar. You look at them, what they have now, all those guys suck. All their fringe players yeah. suck, man. They I mean, all I, suck. I, I know that they, they'll get, they'll get a couple of really important players back, but Brandon Smith is not having a good season. The Josh King Renaissance has kind of died off a little bit. Some of those older forwards mm-hmm. have slowed down and that depth is, as you said, is not there. So, yeah, I'm not, obviously, I'm, I'm never going to, my, my heart's never going to bleed no. for the Melbourne Storm, but I, I don't, as I said last week, I just, I mean, I don't think anyone's getting near Penrith, but I, I'm ready to put them behind the Cowboys in terms of yeah. that sort of hierarchy now. Yeah, like if you look back a few, like a few years ago when they were missing Origin players in the periods missing them, you know, Jerome, like literally it's just 2018, Jerome Hughes filled in. You know, he was a fill-in. Drinkwater was yeah. a fill-in. You know, and then Tui Kamakamitha was a fill-in. Chase Blair, I know it, whatever he's garbage, but he had he when his first year at the Storm, he was a fill-in. Who else was mm. a fill-in? Harry Grant played off the bench one of those games. Olin played played three games in 2018. Like that's the quality of player that they had it sitting waiting to get in the first grade, right? Yeah, and that's what the Storm been known for forever. These guys that you know they've been reserve grade veterans or guys that put lots of development into have a little sprinkle for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they start after, you know, they lose someone at those, that, that year, they lost like Curtis Scott, Will Chambers, everyone were all like, oh, what the fuck are they going to do? And then they already had all these other guys ready. 
I don't see that at all right now. And I don't know what's changed at Melbourne, but like you look at that team that played on the weekend and outside of the guys you mentioned, the ones we know you mentioned, like I, I wouldn't have it at my club, but you wouldn't have it at your club, no doubt. Dean Aremia, Marion Sevy, no, Grant Anderson, no, no. Chris Lewis, no. Tyron Wishart, Alec no. McDonald, Jordan Grant. And then even then, I don't think you'd take Josh King in those. Josh King doesn't make our 17. No yeah. way. Like and he's been he, he would have made it against he would have made it on Friday night, yeah. but not, not and then, this week. And again, uh, not, Kenny not Bromwich wouldn't make either of our seventeens and he's yeah. been a great player for the storm. And and Jesse and Kenny are leaving, but it just feels like there's there's not what yeah. you expect from Melbourne anymore around that roster. And maybe we'll be yeah. proven wrong long term, but everyone's we usually are. Well, but... We usually are. And yeah. it's because really, I usually back to make because I usually because I yeah, play reserve grade. I'm always same, like, same. oh, don't worry, they've got XYZ coming. You know, when Ken Smith was going, I said to many people, don't worry. It's not Brandon Smith. They got this Harry Grant kid, you know. When Slater was going, it was supposed to be Drinkwater or Munster or Hughes. Ended up being Pappenhausen. Mm. You know, they had all those. Now it's like, fuck, we lose Xavier Coates and we have who? It's like, you know, it's not even a, a, a lineup of them. And they do have two guys. I'm surprised having David and Will Warbrick. It may be Days Booze this week with uh, Dre Anderson, like broke his arm or something. Yeah, right. And then Jack Howarth, who we all know he's signed in for like five years on a shitload of money. But the, I'm with you. I have genuine concerns because like they've Remus Smith's out for the season. And in the past, I wouldn't be that worried about the storm. But him being out means Marion Sevy plays every week. Mm. That's yeah. Awful. It's tough. It's really tough if you're them right now. But and yeah, I, I happy, think... as you said, hey. No, and let's talk about that. I was, I was, when the ref was like, oh, I'm not going to repeat what he said. I'm not going to repeat it. I was assumed that it was like awful. <laughs> and then you hear the video and it's just like, oh, yeah, he called him a cheat. That's really bad. Yeah. And he should have been yeah, But like, you can just say, oh, yeah, he called me a cheat. Like, you're not using any sort of foul language that's going to polarize viewers. Yeah, 100%, mate. That's it. And before we should talk a bit more about the Sharks, because I know yeah. there's a couple of Sharks fans who do like our opinions on their team. Connor like, Tracy, elite center. What a player. Yeah. But I so said, the things you could probably take away from it as a Sharks fan is it was good to see Tricky Trindle step in and play like that in the seven because you haven't seen that this year. No, not at all. Every time he stepped in, he has not really performed very well this year to the point where some Sharks fan I spoke to were like kind of done with him as a first grade prospect. Yeah. But yeah, he well, was I mean, excellent. He was supposed to take the job Moylan's taken. Yeah. You know, supposed, like he's fighting with old Moylan. Moylan, Moylan, Moylan has quietly it. had a really good season. Like He has. He has, yeah. and he deserves that two-year renewal. He's had a good season, and you know he's never going to be a superstar, which is fine. He's now a good player, and we don't like talking about good players. But that's what no. he is. He's a good player. You're either a star or you're terrible. And there's a lot yeah, of guys in the middle who get forgotten about. And it's like, yeah, and he's in that spot. Like, well, if they didn't have him, who are they going to sign? You know, like there's literally a bidding war for Anthony Milford right now. That's insane. I read that. I was like, did they watch the game on Friday? Like, he's yeah, he's been fine, and there's a bidding war for him. But that's just because mm. how thin that that the market is. Yeah, and, you know. Connor Tracy, as you said, mate, he really good in the center as well. He, you know, he opens up more problems than, but they're good problems. They have good headaches with him. They have, yeah. you know, if your next you know, Talakai's been so good and Connor Tracy's ready to play that dad, that's a good problem to have. And you just know well, if if they lose in a finals run or something, they lose like Katoa or Molotalo or Ramian or Talakai, you know, Tracy's ready to step in and play like he, he can. Yeah, so that's that, a big confidence booster. It was. And they they really do lack. Um, didn't show in this game, but they do, they still do really lack a. A really elite level prop, like like what Fafita hmm. used to be for them, you know. Like Fafita's round about the clock a bit the last month or so. I reckon he he's has, played well, he but yeah, but no, not, not, not like old, not old Fafita, obviously. But 
I don't think he can yeah. hold together all season though. And again, um, Nukin is just so important to what they is. do. If he, he stays is. fit, and there's no reason why they can't sort of get back to where they were in those first few yeah, weeks of the year. They got that nice little draw there we mentioned over beating the the Sharks this sorry the yeah. Storm that yeah. weekend, and maybe they would have beat them next week well, anyway. Penrith Souths in the next two weeks, right? And then well, after that, it's very well, easy. They have, no, they have Cowboys, mate. Next Friday. Oh shit! So Cowboys, not Penrith. Yeah. So they have Cowboys now who have like their entire team in Origin. That's like, true. Who's the Cowboys player in the starting seventeen who isn't in Origin? Like Kyle Felt. Yeah. Um, like, and Chad, like, well, Chad, well, Chad's. I don't know what's going on with yeah, Chad. He's in but, camp. Chad's in yeah. camp. Uh, Hammer's been in camp. Yeah. Drinkwater's not in camp. There you go. It's pretty much. Reese Robson is in camp as well, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck. Cohen Hess not in camp, but like it's like their entire team is in Origin. In, in great origin though, Cohen Hess. Yeah. So you know they'll be at least they'll be taking the Cowboys, but at least like. Oh no, sorry, I got my wires crossed. They play Cowboys, Penrith, and South. They play all they three, do. and then after that, it's. Dragons, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, Knights to finish. So that's a very yeah. soft run home. Yeah, it is. I've just had the, the draw felt 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 quite a, quite nicer than this year. Just the way. It must be nice. Obviously, obviously, when they when they planned the draw, the NRL didn't think that this would be some cake. They don't set up cake walks for teams, but you know, mm. just the way the, the storm usually better than that in buy rounds. You know, uh, but yeah, you said they have the Panthers next. Uh, sorry, the Cowboys and then the Panthers and the Panthers. You know, they're not going to rest anybody that week. You wouldn't think, but still, good time to yeah. get them. And then the game South against Sharks, is a quite important game. That's a could be a top four spot on the line in that game, which is insane to think. But here we are. They could be. We play the Bulldogs this week, dude. We're going to beat them. So, but so. it's 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 good to feel, mate. It's really nice seeing back in footy now. Actually, thinking about games that matter that aren't just the top two teams. It's nice. There was a little while it? there. We didn't think anyone like. Okay, no one thinks anyone can beat Penrith. No, no. but like, but it's nice to see there's battles for positions, actual jostles right now. Because I, I did see. I did see um, Tom, who's listening to the show, tweet that it feels a little bit like college football right now, where it's wide open, apart from Alabama, who are just like the team on the top, who are just going to yeah. roll through everyone. Which and maybe someone accurate. can beat them in the finals, maybe, but you're not maybe. backing them to that. But yeah, no. like you're sitting here now, you jo- it's like the Storm, Sharks, Broncos, Eels, Rabbitohs are in a top four battle, essentially. It's very exciting. All right. And Speaking of those Rabbitohs, mm-hmm. um, 40 points with, you know, Two thirds of their salary cap not playing, so that's very nice. Um, but again, that's just Lachlan Elias's money. I forgot concussed. Isn't yes, it? that's right, exactly <laughs> right. Um, through Latrell Mitchell, everything's possible. Um, and it's, again, I don't like he played well, but I didn't think he was a superstar. But it's just remarkable how much better Cody Walker, especially, but how much better everybody else plays when he's there. And I, it, it's it's just that simple. And I've been saying it all year. When he comes back, you can judge us then. And so far, so good. And this was a game where I was very pessimistic going into it just purely because mm. the sheer number of players South didn't have. And then of course you throw Ilias onto that pile as well. They lose AJ the day before the game as well. So you're essentially playing 80 minutes away from home with a three man bench and you're missing Cam Murray, Damian Cook, Campbell Graham, Alex Johnston, Lachlan Ilias, Harm Sele, Jacob Host. Uh, there's a couple other guys, but you know, like a lot of players are not playing. Jair as well. A lot of players. And you go in there and you, you play really well. You, you, and the, uh, you know, the Knights are the Knights, but fucking hell. My main takeaway, and I know this is bad, is like, what does this say about the Gold Coast Titans? <laughs> like, which yeah. is bad, but fucking hell. But yeah, like, this is the kind of wins you really, really need at this time of the year. And look, 
uh, one of our friends was saying to us, like it shows that they're buying in that, that this is such an easy game for a team with this many outs, to just cat it and not show oh, up. I said this. <laughs> I thought it was Steve that said it, but no, whatever. You keep um, quoting me to me. I like it. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I was I thought Steve said that to both of us, but anyway, but yeah, like the middles were fantastic. So Tola really stood up. Keon was awesome. Tom Burgess is like in career best form, which is just a nice treat. And um, yeah, the Cody Cody. Harps pairing, which I've wanted for a few weeks now, looks hopefully like it's what they're going to be doing for the next well, few weeks. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Ilias going down. You got an? Are you got an upgrade for free <laughs> after one minute? Don't be, don't be mean. And, and there's obviously mostly positives tonight. The two negatives are that, and obviously that Richie Kennard proved once again that it doesn't matter who's on that. That's tough, tough, tough night for the agenda. <laughs> a very <laughs> tough night for the agenda. Even like was it Mansell's four tries? Like people to step in there. It's, yeah, <laughs> t- Richie Kennard should get Paulo's spot for the rest of the year. By the way, I really was a big fan of his yardage carries as well. I thought he had a pretty solid game. Not just the tries, just like the rest of his body of work compared to Paulo, who once again is just so disappointing. A lot of the yeah. time. But then again, as he always does, there's like one cool thing that's really good and the rest of it is just like annoying. So yeah. he's an immensely frustrating player, but whatever. Yeah, the thing about buying, and it's the same message I'll have with Brisbane later this part, but it's like in these weeks like this, obviously the win is really important and you love the win and you're happy you got the win. But the thing you're really looking for in, in those games is seeing that down on those troops, you see how the playing group reacts and you really get, and uh, you know, look into if they're buying into the message they're getting, and it's quite clear that South they reacted, and there was because a period in this game there that the Knights were in control. It happened really fast. That South were dominating the first twenty odd minutes, and then all of a sudden, the Knights in control, Bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, that game. Yeah, up what sixteen four or sixteen six? Sorry, um, I, and I then, couldn't believe how that had happened. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. And then you're like, yeah, well, you know. Could this this can happen? You know, you thought oh, well, the players are down. Whatever this can happen when that's happening, but they they had that short dropout, which for some reason the knights just watched happen. That was weird, uh, and they and they got the ball back, but they looked up for the fixture pretty much the entire game, bar that little five ten minute period when the knights were on top. And that's what you're really looking for looking for in the in these games. And you're seeing guys like you've already mentioned most of them, but I thought Keon Colomatangi had his best game of the year. He really lifted. Tom Burgess' best game of the year, Totola's best game of the year, Davin Wale's best game in first grade. You know, those guys really lifted when the team needed them to. And Davin Wale, uh, at the end of that game, probably two or three times on his goal line, on your goal line, he saved potential tries, which a lot of that's yeah. gone unnoticed now. But South had leaky defense. They still conceded 28 points in this game. There's a couple of <laughs> times there that, you know, they, they did save tries over the line that, that, that South did. And, you know, Latrell saved one on Dom Young. And uh, Davin Wiley had a couple of good efforts too, but that's what you're looking for in these games. And obviously the result matters as well. But firstly, you want to see the application. It was there. And then on top of that, they, you know, scored, scored a fuckload of points. So that's nice. But I'm with you to the troll thing. I'm really tired of the troll discourse, but we're not going down that path. Like I'm so tired of the discourse around him because a lot of it just doesn't exist. A lot of it isn't fabric, real things. A lot of it's created out of nothing. But the the one the, the the facts you can say about Latrell Mitchell, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. He is a leader of men in his locker room. That is obvious. He is beloved. He is by beloved by his teammates, and he makes a massive difference to this team in their application. Even if he's not a guy who's always applied himself, you know, like yeah. you can see, and- as you, mate, Cody Walker may as well not play when Latrell's not there. Honestly, it's almost at that point. Um, it's I. I- I the end of the game did frustrate me in that regard because 
I mean, I <sighs> no, look, I, I, I hated it as well, but like, I mean, I did tweet about it and it got quite a bit of traction and a lot of replies and a lot of replies from people who normally like I actually do respect their opinions on the sport. Like people who I know aren't blind, literal Mitchell haters that were still saying, oh, but he should have got 10 in the bin. And it's like, just pull back for a second and like, think about the sort of optics and the context of what you're arguing about. Like at the end of the day, if he gets sin bin there, right. Even if he gets sin bin and I wouldn't have cared a, the full-time siren has gone B he's not going to receive any sort of charge over that incident. Like after the match in any way, shape or form. So why do you care? Why are you mm-hmm. letting this thing bother you? Why does it matter to you that Latrell Mitchell didn't get sin binned after full time for something that, I mean, in my opinion, he didn't do anything wrong. And also I found it hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. You couldn't have worked, drawn it up any better that the same group of Knights fans who were applauding mm-hmm. David Clemmer for punching someone in the head last week for standing up for a teammate after a bad tackle. We're now calling this guy the biggest grub in the game because he like grabbed David Clemmer and lightly threw him aside. Yeah. And Again, it's after the fucking final whistle. That's why I don't give Who a fuck. Fucking cares. I also wouldn't have cared if Clemmer got sent off, by the way. Yeah, I know. And, and, and wouldn't care if he got sent off or Simbian or nothing happened because it was after the fucking game ended. Who cares? The discourse about it being ridiculous and people like yeah. the troggling Simbian make you, that makes you happy. Like that's, yes. that's what you need. No, to... I actually think there are people who feel that way. It's, it's, it's at Cam Smith levels of just irrational hatred for someone. Like it's crazy. I, I get why he's hated. You know, I'm I not, agree. I'm not an idiot, there are but... parts of it that make sense, but there are parts of it that just go too far and they just don't apply to other players. They just yeah, don't. Like, this one was fucking funny. Like, so what, what did you want him sent off for? They wanted him sin being sorry, not sent off. Sin being for what? Because he ran in and grabbed somebody. Yep. Now I know people started yelling third man in. Firstly, that wasn't third man in. There's got to be a stink. That's like if third man in either starts a stink, gets involved in a stink, or creates a stink, and that hasn't been a thing for ages. It hasn't been a thing since punching was a thing. Yeah, all he did was run in after a penalty was given and pull someone off his teammate. It was so mild, especially by the standards that we usually talk about the trauma. And then some. Oh, what about when he? What about when he dropped his elbow into? uh, Pasami Solo. I'm like, well, he didn't though. <laughs> like, he <Yeah>. didn't. <laughs> like, he yeah. got tackled. Yeah. And they reviewed it and also said he didn't. Yeah. You know, and obviously That's the it. high shot on Dom Young was not good, but it, that was very yeah. clearly an accident and he got penalized. And he got penalized. That's so, like, what do these people want? I don't know. But he said, do they just want to be mad? Whistle, after the whistle, who gives a fuck? And people yeah. were like saying, oh, he's pulling off a guy. It's not even you know, someone that matters. Like, what? So a teammate doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I believe was saying he didn't, it wasn't like he was pulling him off his brother or something. Like, Daniel Saluka Fafita just got to that club. Yeah. And now he's ready to die for Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's but, that simple. Yeah, that's it. And it's pretty rare. He falls in, in the weird box of, um, it's not very often, you know, your, your, your biggest playmaker or a spine player is also your physical leader, like your dominant force. But that's what Latrell Mitchell is. And I think we also can't handle that fact because for him to get into a sting, he's also got to scream in from 40 meters away. Doesn't help. Yeah. Cause that like, is true. If he was just standing next to people would care way less. If he was just, but like, so what? Like they, as you said, the Knights fans love that when Clement does that same thing. And biggest moron gets himself sent off there. By the way, if you, like, like it matters, but if you, if I didn't watch this game and you told me, so not this game, if you, if I didn't watch a game and someone said, oh yeah, a forward from a team that was losing did very little all game and then fired up and started giving it the big ones with two minutes to go, I would have put yeah. my house on it being either him or Matt Lodge. <laughs> like, yeah. 
it's piss weak loser shit. And Clemmer somehow has been like none of the discussion. It's been about the troll. Clemmer, the dude that the piss weak cunt who was fighting with Kaelin Kolomotangi off the ball of 30 seconds earlier and then decides to elbow. Uh, Daniel Saluka feeder in the head. That's the tough guy. And also elbow him in the head after other guys had done the, done the initial tackle pretty much. Like it'd been Frizzell and uh, was it Hoy? I can't remember who else was in that tackle. Who, who'd done the tackle and he comes over the top and puts his elbow in. It's like, that's yeah. the hard man that we're just oh, ignoring shout, that coward. Shout out Tex Hoy, by the way. I mean, I've been a proud Hoy boy for oh. a while and he repaid me by being terrible. It was great. Yeah, so it was Chad Randall's other one. So Chris Randall's in that tackle, but yeah. Yeah. Hoy, Bring Chad Tex Randall Hoy out of terrible. Yeah. But yeah, um, Newcastle, mate, like this is said this about them so far. They how bad roll are the over instantly. <laughs> I mean, the, the Knights roll over in the sign of a bat and they roll over immediately. Anytime they challenge, mm. they roll over. This game was there for, to be won by for them. Yeah, absolutely. It was there to be taken. The Dom Young miraculous play should have been something the team got on the back of. That play, that try saver, mm. the 12 into point try swing. scored. Yeah, sensational try saver. Poor Cody Nicarima got stopped in front of the try. Do line you think? Twice in this do game. you think you're faster than Cody Nicarima? No. <laughs> no, but you had no, to think about it. No, well, look at no, his little legs. He's doing his yeah. best. He's doing his best, but you know, he 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 was good, mate. I thought he was he really good well. in leading his shape, skipping. Across I think the it's ground. been an astute signing so far, and I obviously, I think it's harder. Year, so that's fine, but it, it's harder to go to a team like the Warriors where you've got to be the guy and sort of do everything. And at Souths, he's the third or fourth playmaking foil, and that's okay. When that's all right. Yeah, yeah, so. and I mean, yeah, he's. I think it was good in that seven role and a couple of the tries you guys scored on the back of his good work. And mm. yeah, he's not a traditional seven; he never has been. But if I think he, for mine, I'd start him over Ilias. Like, I think a few they have more to, things right? happen around him. And you know, one of the tries you scored that nice pass from Cody Walker into the, into the corner you scored that full field spread any possible just because Cody all he did was skip across the ground. But he did his little skip across the ground, cut out three or so defenders, gave it to Cody. All of a sudden, there's an overlap. And mm. Ilias hasn't done that all year. And the, the walk Unicef, by the way, and the Knights did it a couple of times. That, that, I, that, uh, that shape, I hate that shape. They have this weird shape they run where the first receiver on the right-hand side of the field is the half or the left-hand side. So their full field shift is the half is the first receiver. And there's a Gumby forward in the middle then the half on the other side of that. And I just feel like, you're putting the pressure on the wrong player in that shift. Quite often, the, the forward or the meathead is the lead of the of a shift. He's the first receiver quite often because you don't have to make a decision. You just have to get the long pass over. That's it. You don't have to worry about, like, no one's taking intercepts pretty much off the first receiver pass. So you'd have to, you know, just get it out fast and then into the hands of a half. They did it. It, it worked and they scored a, the Edric Lee try at the end. That was, They went Milford to, I forget who, to clone and they scored but the on the walker intercept that's too long of a shift for mine to have a forward in the middle who also is an incompetent ball, ball player so matt crocus did his job without thinking he just threw this pass straight to cody walker who was in the line terrible and that's um i think that's a bit of nerd coaching and overthinking it from adam adam o'brien and those shifts they haven't got the players to do that you should have that forward that prop at first receiver giving it to one of the halves and you want your halves linking with halves or your heart is making the critical pass or the critical decision. You don't want Matt Croker being on the middle, middle of the field with no player 10 metres either side of him having to make the decision on the pass. You don't want that. And that's what that shape was. And it cost them. And uh, that was pretty much what won the game for, for South. Like, that was the killer blow. Like, they had those two little tries from Richie Kenner back-to-back. You thought, oh, maybe the Knights will hang around. Three intercept, game over. Yeah. And a game right um, before halftime. 
Terrible. Shout out the shout out like the three or four people who replied to my tweet saying that's this is my favorite intercept involving Cody Walker by saying what about the grand final? Like, yeah, like, you, thanks, good job thanks, guys. A joke, fellas. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Fuck it. <laughs> and Newman as well. The thing about them, like that, that four pack did okay in this game. Still pissed me yeah. defensively, but they had meters. Yeah. But there's nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing right. there, mate. Is there? There's like, not. Like Dom so, Young's a good bright sign. Jaden Braley was really good by the own return. And Milford, their wingers, their wingers are the only bright spot. One of them's leaving anyway. So Milford being competent has, you know, he's been fine and it's been so well received there. It's dark. And I, I don't know if you saw that article. And I'm not a big Pete Bedell fan, obviously, but he wrote that Milford is liking the one-eyed fan base in Newcastle. Yeah, I did read that. Yes, <laughs> good. Yeah, he likes no being criticism. somewhere where no one criticizes him. It's like, yes, we all right. like that, and no one pays attention. He's like, I just get that to play here. Great. What if you okay. paid you a lot of money to do your job? Fine, and no and one would ever say anything and, bad about you. And then they offered me three years. Yes, <laughs> and they're suddenly bidding. And the Dolphins with Wayne Bennett were only offering one. Yeah, desperate, only offering one. I've only upped it to two, and you think, geez, that desperate team. Who want him back in Queensland? Only offering him two years. Maybe we mm. shouldn't offer him three. <laughs> Maybe. Um, oh, all right. Now, uh, moving on to the next game, I feel bad for our friend Nick Campton because yeah. he wrote a beautiful article about Luke Brooks and the relationship between Luke Brooks and the West Tigers, but it was gazumped by us just watching Luke Brooks air swing at a kick. <laughs> <laughs> which perfectly sums up this football club for the last decade more than any words ever could. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, and the best thing about it too, man, is he got two tries this late, which is the thing people like pointing out Luke Brooks. Oh, but he's got this many tries. It's like, yeah. yeah, he got two when they were down by 20 points in a, in a yeah. long shift. It's like, yep. and he was just a last pass and off a luma, but that air swing, if you guys haven't seen it, it's the oh Reed Marnie try up before halftime. Uh, it's just a, a shift to the left. Wanga Blake gets it to Sivo, who you know gets in the wing, puts a kick infield, and Luke mm. Brooks has about five meters of space. And it's like thirty seconds before half times. All he did was like just catch the ball and run dead. Yeah, and he's done the full piss and vinegar air swing, like full power and like a, like like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football and Lucy yeah. pulls it away. Uh, it's yeah, fucking hilarious. Money scores and yeah, that's. that's- they were up 12 mil with 10 minutes left in this half and they went into the sheds trailing. <laughs> yeah. But this is not like the other Eels losses, like the, when they lost to bad teams this year. It didn't feel like yeah. that because in that first half, the Eels were on top for the first like Oh, they had minutes. two pretty legitimate tries taken away as well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't and, think that pass was forward and I thought I thought Sean Lane just caught that ball. I didn't see any sort of yeah. bobble. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. And I know if that's one you can't... Once you're doing that and you're saying they haven't taken clean possession at that point... Pretty much any aerial contest center is not clean possession. If anyone I know, touch the ball at all. I know that like old people love saying the game's not played in slow motion, but in this like sometimes they are right. That one was like, right because the ball was pretty much yeah. in Sean Lane's grasp. He's, I, it wasn't hundred percent in his grasp. Yeah. That's all it was. It was like a little loose. But and I also don't think it I also like watched it in slow motion. I still thought it was fine. So I don't know. Um yeah, Farmani nice Brown, nice for him to score a try. Dummy half yeah. specialist. Um, but, but yeah, yeah not, a lot, great, not a lot of bright spots. They bummed a few tries early and the deals did essentially. And mm. mate, uh, you said it last week and he ended up with three runs, but, but Kelman, Kelman to Alangi, what an embarrassing performance that was. Like, and yes. If, again, when you guys rewatch highlights of this game, anyone does after we talk about this, Watch every Eels try that goes down that side of the field. But, yeah, and watch that's right. They're right. He's, Tigers left. He's standing yeah. still. <laughs> like one of them, Luke Brook gets run through. Kelman's just standing still, watches it happen. Just mm. walking. 
in black play terrible and that's like you know guys leaving next you year. it's it's obviously he's not that caliber of player but it's night and day when you watch him mark up against a guy like isaiah papali and just their effort yeah. and their inputs and their attitude yeah and, and Tuongi was a pretty highly rated guy a year or two ago. Like, that's why I got that contract with Manly. But, and they were jealous. They, Tigers fans we know were like annoyed when that happened. But now they, I think they would happily help him pack his bags now. He he hasn't cracked, uh, what he's cracked 70 meters once since round one. But if you look that's through his not meters great. per week, 30 this week, 59 last week, 31, 35, 74, 44, 25. Like, He's garbage. And I don't know if he's ever highly rated. I just think it's one of those occasions when he played a couple of okay games in the end of last year. So they thought he was something. I like that we've... Yeah. I like that we've flipped from um, like great debuts to now nightmare debuts. It was Declan Casey last week and now poor old Justin Matamua, literally like his first play almost. Just trying to make an impact. Shoulder charges Mitch Moses. Yeah. Well, he made an impact. (laughs) He did. Um, he did, and then yeah. yeah, Mitch Moe just ran through Luke Brooks like an open gate. But that was probably he was awesome, like out on the fringes again he's where he belongs. So good. I mean, that yeah. is the one. The one silver lining in this game for Tigers fans is watching that guy because he's yours yeah. next year. So. And I, and Will Penasini like probably he put him away twice. He dropped both of them. Penasini had a right to make a line break on two of those. That, mm. But probably it was awesome. Um, and yeah, I get, think if you're fan, he's happy to beat to get a win against a garbage team and I have them come back. But the Tigers, mate, like. We don't know how often we have to talk about this with Luke Brooks, but it's just not ending. Even this week, you had like Joel Fengarway say if he was the coach, he'd have picked Adam Dewey at the six. Like he's actually like been Joe. all right for them, by the way. Last Who? few weeks, Joe, he's been better. Yeah, he's been he's been okay. He's I'm trying I'm he, trying to find positives for them. He's a he, he's a first grade footballer. He's just not yeah. exciting, and you know, and, yeah. and whatever. But like, such a terrible team. That are definitely in that spoon fight, and then they're keeping a guy who could probably get help get him out of that spoon. And Adam Dewey in the centres again, being good at more than one thing is a detriment to Adam Dewey. If you're just bad yes, at lots of things, is. you get to stay in your position. Like yeah, it's does. bad. Um, we talk about the chain stuff before we move on here. Yeah, so. that's that's a good time to do it. I was going to say, um, like this is like catnip for boomers. Hey, just going back in time to the good old days. This is a terrible. Who thinks this is a good idea? Do they? Tim do Shanks. people not? Re- well, yeah, of course. And the, do they? Do people not remember how bad the Tigers were? Like outside of 05, how bad the Tigers were for like? Oh, that's some good years. So there was the, no. They made the finals like three times under him. Yeah. in like twelve I, I years or something. But that's their best period like, of their history. So it's not that's. Well, it's their, it's pretty much their only period of their history, dude. He coached them yes. for like almost their entire existence until he left. But you so know, like 2010, 2011, they were, they, yeah. were, they were a top four well, side. You know? uh, yes, they were. But also the dude had Benji Marshall for his whole career and like one, and apart from, and apart from 05, won like one finals game, two finals games. Mm. So like, but the funny thing is that he went from like, obviously that's some good years and Benji was there, whatever, but getting the best out of Benji doesn't happen without Tim Sheens, honestly. Like, he let a lot of, of things happen with him. But it's quite funny that he got so crazy by the end, he turned into a meme. Mm. And it's like enough time has passed, we've forgotten, people have forgotten the bad parts. Like, I don't know. Would, but he would, hasn't done it. He hasn't done anything in that period either. He hasn't done anything good in that period. And he's actually, was it, uh, I can't remember, was it Hull or someone he was, the English copy was that did terribly and it was better after he left two years later. You know, and it's, yeah. if he, and we've seen the caliber of coach it goes from here to, and succeeds at England. It's been a decade since he coached in the NRL. Would you like to know some mm-hmm. of the players that played in his last game for the West Tigers? Yes, I would love to know. Okay, uh, Tim Molson. That's not retired. Well, we should we Mate, should do a yeah. guessing game. Too late. Okay, now. <laughs> all right. No, no. Okay, Tim Molson's the fullback. Can you guess the wingers? One of them is still active. It's, 
Okay, I know. I know this. Yeah. Actually, I reckon I know the whole back line. Okay, go. Uh, okay, so you had Maltz and fullback. It's no, there's no shocks. This is actually like a relative. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I know so. I know the whole back line. It's so it's yeah. Maltz and fullback. Correct. Matt Utai, and then yes. the active. You said active weirdly, so it's Corabidi. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the centers are that. It's the time they put uh, Bo Ryan in the centers with Blake Ashford. You correct. Well done. And then Benji's in the seven. And is it yes? Who's he playing at six? He's playing someone who's not a six. Six. You, you are correct. It is not a six. <laughs> is this what he played Chris Lawrence at six? It is. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, um, and then, like the, the forward pack, pack, I'll guess. It, okay, go, go, Chris Hyington, Gareth Ellis. They are both in there, starting uh, thirteen and twelve. Aaron Woods, eight. Robbie Farrar did not play in this game, but would have been their normal hooker. Must have been injured. And, and then the rest of that pack is Adam Blair and Keith Galloway. Yep, correct. And the hooker for this game was Masada Yusefa. And I've got no idea on the bench. There's always some uh, random back, another hooker. Um, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and then two other Ben, ben Murdoch, Masilla is one of them. And yes, the other three are Junior <laughs> yeah. Moores, Matthew Bell, and Tom Humble. Tom so Humble's maybe, the back. There we go. Maybe he'll bring Marika Corobetti back. Maybe. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the things that's hard to like, Sheen's loves rugby league, right? So I liked him, Sheen's. Him, I do Sheen's too. Is someone who, the O5 Tigers the are probably the most fun team of our lifetime. Yeah. They, they are. He, like, And he had done all right with talent identification. He has done that okay in the past. And also, he does let a lot of guys play to their strengths. Like, he was okay with Benji doing what the fuck he wanted to do. And he's okay with, with trying to f- play around their strengths. But, God, he's in his fucking 70s. He hasn't coached him forever. I don't know. I just, I don't get how you can get turned down by one coach, Cam Serraldo, and go, well, fuck, we're out. we sacked Madge. We wanted Serraldo. We didn't get him. So, I guess. Yeah. Sheen, That's the best part this of year. this. Promote Sheen. Easily the best part of this is that they literally struck out with their first option and went, yeah, let's run it back. <laughs> and and what the, are they saying? From get Sheen's me Daniel Fitzhenry's number. He probably works for the club already. And what are they saying from Sheen's at this point as he's at the club to get him back in that job? And I know that he's that, that year, that, that his last year at the club, I think that they were actually going okay at one point. So they had, we spoke about this recently in the podcast when we were talking about it. So I still remember that's like Teddy got injured, whatever. And they had Lottie Takiri. And um, fuck, who else was it? But they had this a good period, but they were fully fit. They had like in the middle of the year, they had to hear him playing a few hours and actually were in the eight. So they were looking to continue their success. And when he got punted, it was a really quick punting for the back of the years he'd had. So it was, you know, it, it did almost feel kind of rash, but it was the decisions in the margins that, that he'd got wrong for a long time there, Sheen's had, that what got him punted. And that's some of those things like, you know, the, the fact that he could never seem to get, get the mix right with Benji or maximize Benji's prime after they won that comp, but you never seem to be able to get that yeah. spine right. I was obsessed with like guys like on the bench. Tim like Moulton. He loved Tim Moulton. Yeah. Daniel Tim Fitzhenry. Moulton. Loved Daniel but Fitzhenry. He, but he, he was obsessed with running those terrible benches that had a mm. hooker, even though they even though they had Robbie Farrer, right? They had Robbie Farrer yeah, who played most of the 80s. Baffling. They'd have a hooker on the bench and then they'd also have a back on the bench, but it wasn't even particularly a utility back. Or, no, or it was it was like Fitzhenry was one, but I remember a year there it was like I think Wayne McKinnon played heats off the bench. Yeah, it's like John Morris was a bench guy for them for ages, right? Yeah, like yeah. just that kind of weird stuff, and and they did weird shit like in that loss to the Roosters, the famous loss in twenty ten. 
like that's the game he debuts uh, Murdoch Masilla in, mm-hmm. like in the finals. Had all year to play him and debuts him then. Like, this that kind of weird shit he did. Oh, and he started for, for feeder in that game too, randomly. And like, Andrew Fida, I think it was his, was it, might have been his first or second start in first grade. Like, that's the stuff that, you know, got him out of the job in the first place. And they're nowhere near the point of a club that they, they can worry about the coach costing them finals games, obviously. But yeah. What has changed in that decade to make you think well, going back to him? Is it's it's weird that I remember this, but it's literally only because of my brain loving early 2000s Souths. And that's that mm. uh, Souths outside back Reese Hanbury was that utility outside back for the Tigers for like a year. I remember that just because yeah. like he was bad enough that he couldn't crack the Souths first grade team in like the early 2000s. Yep. And so then it was, that was over weird. there. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not even against that carrying a back thing that often. It was just weird how they always had it with a hooker. Or yeah. similar or someone and and again it was always some spot <laughs> like yeah yeah i think like at one point that and it was i think the last year there they had like Martin masada yosefa mm. was like on the bench with with backs as well whatever but yeah i don't see the answer going back to him especially because he hasn't performed in the in that decade without him and it's really bizarre that it felt like if kamali won like three games they would have hired him already like that's who they want yes but absolutely it's like they said shane's likes loves him but he's not good enough for the gig, so Shane's will just have it himself. Like you just got to ignore that, as you said, John Morris, who's been there as well. He ticks the old boy box, who's had a you know he's done a good enough job with the Sharks. There's Shane Flanagan, I'd rather him than Shane's. But again, there's also coaches we don't know about. But they're going to go Tim Shane's. It's terrible. None of it makes any sense. But I will laugh. I'll enjoy it. it. Scrum yeah. plays. Bring him back. Yes. I can't wait. All right. Like, uh, last game of the round. The baby Broncos, they did it, Mitch. This was, as you call them, the Queensland Cup All-Stars plus Adam Reynolds and Katoni Staggs, pretty much. So, I mean, good, good win. Great win. They weren't really the, like, they've been called the baby, we we have the baby Broncos for a reason, but not really the baby Broncos. It was like the dad Broncos. Like everyone who stepped in was like an old man, you know, but that was, you know, going into the weekend, I didn't cold train them because I just wasn't as confident as I, I thought we we're going to smash them until we had like, well, we had 13 players out on game day. So a lot of players out and, you know, you just can't you don't know how that middle will hold up. And to be mm. honest, if, if the Dragons kicking game was any good, the Dragons probably end up winning this game just because in that feeling out period in the first half and back towards the end of, end of the first half, the Dragons physically were getting on top in the middle of the field, but whatever that, there was a lot of few things that the Dragons couldn't get right that Brisbane did that helped win the game. But, you know, what I like to see here is that, in the last couple of years, in these periods, the Br- Brisbane haven't relied on guys like Deloise Hoyter or Jordan Pereira or, you know, even Tyson Gamble in the middle, Zach Hosking, Ryan James, Reese Kennedy. Like, all those guys stood, kept in, came to the side and did their job this week. And they only needed it for one week, but they did it for one week. But years prior, before Kevy and Ike in there, they would have just thrown more children in. And going, oh, well, fuck, I hope they win. And sometimes they did, but it's like, it was just nice to see that for one week, they're like, you know what? Like Zach Hosking can go out there and do a job. And he did. You know, that guy, he was a New, New South Wales Cup player of the year, the Knights last year. You know, he's one of those guys who's been a reserve grade battler for a long time. And he came into first grade and made his debut, had uh, 18 carries in this game, which is the most by any Broncos back rower all season. And also he, he's... I think 18 carries combined is more than the Broncos back row is in eight games so far as well. So he got really involved, did his job. Uh, I thought Keenan, Paliasia, and Ryan James stood up. Kobe Heatherton was great in his start. 
And then, yes, on those other guys that Reese Kennedy off the bench, Reese Kennedy probably had his best Broncos game, 15 runs, 134 meters off the bench. And then what we really needed as well, on top of those guys stepping up, was the other guys like Tony Staggs, Ezra Reynolds, Tessie to, to lift and, and, and carry that production. And they did. Tessie had his best first grade game. Staggs probably had his best game of the season. And ended up being a pretty comfortable win for, for a side that had no right to, to claim a comfortable win. And the Dragons can walk away from that game feeling fucking embarrassed. If they, even though they had like Adam Clune, they might have won. But yeah. that kicking game from Sullivan and Amone, terrible. Sullivan was the worst player on the field by some distance, I thought. But mate, they couldn't even get like keep a grubber in field. It was terrible. And uh, that was the main difference between the sides is that they, 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 they completed really well, the Dragons did, but they let us off the hook so often. Like the second half, they had a few mistakes, but they in that first half, they, they completed an incomplete set before Sewer threw it away. It was like the first minute of the game. And Tarek Sims got Simbin in twice, the idiot, but they couldn't get a decent kick in. Like our, the wingers and Tessie weren't under pressure for any any kicks. And we know Tessie's kick defense had been poor. And no pressure. Like the kick in was terrible. And then guys like Tessie had a fantastic game after some uh, headaches early, but he you know, had his best game in first grade and maybe someone will sign him now, which is good for him. But yeah, it was a, a lovely win. And, a, and those wins, like you feel like he stole one and they make, they, I feel you with more joy almost than when the, when the full team wins. Hey? Yeah, for sure. I, I felt the same way on, on Friday. So yeah. yeah, good for you. You remain ahead of South for one more week. I will keep saying that until it is no longer and, true. Yeah, so you're just going to keep saying that. And then the, what happens in round 86 when the ladder's final? I don't know. Who are you playing this week? The Titans. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, like we, we've got some tough games coming, you know, and the Titans, so we, they, lift, yeah. they, they lift for us. So that's not, right. not exactly an automatic win. And then, but I'd say so do you. So we have the Eels twice, yes. uh, the Roosters and the Storm and the Dragons again. But we have uh, the Knights and Tigers in there as well. So yeah. we, we got some hard games too. So. Yeah, and we've got the Knights and Tigers in, at Suncorp, which is nice. But what we need, Brisbane really needed to get through this period after not winning the last suit, needed to steal a win or two down on troops, and they did. And just a benefit of like, yeah, actually using Queensland Cup. And honestly, I looked at this team and it's like, yeah, that's the type of feeling stuff you should expect from the Storm. You know, you looked at, I looked at that back on this game and, you know, Brenko Lee is so out of shape and he, and he, um, Gave away a penalty because he was just feeling fucking lazy when he grabbed uh, Zach Lomax on a chase. But, like, the Storm in their back line right now, Hoida, Pereira, Branco, piss, piss walking to their back line. You know, but they're at the Broncos now. And those guys, like, I couldn't believe them. When, when we signed Eloise Hoida, he was waiting to play first grade. Sorry, waiting to sign a first grade contract for years. He turned them down. He t- only took one now, probably his last opportunity. But I couldn't believe he took it at the Broncos because, like, 28... And the line of backs in front of him, he still needed Corey Oates to call up the origin for him to play this game. And he was fantastic. I mean, he outlept Zach Lomax in the air about three times. You wouldn't expect from a center on the wing, but he was great. And hopefully for guys like him, you know, this game puts him in the shop window because it's not like fully fit next year. The Broncos are going to need him or guys like Zach Hoskins either. So Hoskins. So hopefully those guys put themselves in the shop window for next year and get some opportunity elsewhere. Cause um. They've shown they're, they're up to first grade standard. Um, and who else? Yeah. Love Kobe's performance starting, man of the match for me. And loving like Ezra Man every week just does so many things right and is getting zero hype and attention. And I'm fucking loving mm. it that nobody cares about him. You care. So though, good. And that's all that I matters. do. But I'm loving like it's it's so hard for a Broncos player not to get overhyped. That's true. But we've got so much other hype. Nobody cares about Ezra. You know, he's got six games now. And th- these numbers don't matter to me, but they matter to other fans. 
And he's in his six games, he has four tries, three line breaks, four line break assists, four try assists, you know. And we've seen his defense, how good it's been. And we've seen how good his support play has been. A Broncos half playing that well, regardless of being a rookie, usually gets his dick sucked in the, pa- in the paper like seven times a week. I'm going to write a story tomorrow calling him the next Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, but he's a, a 19-year-old half who he's so good in the areas I didn't think he would be good in. His defense is exceptional. I can't believe how good he can defend. He couldn't defend for shit in, in, in Queensland Cup. Support yeah. play is fantastic. Like he scored that try on support. But even if you watch the game again or a highlight again, if you watch when Katoni Staggs kicks it, you see Ezra's with the trainer, left-hand side of the field, and then he's up in support 50 metres downfield. And that's a guy putting in, in effort areas. And he's been great and no one gives a shit. He's been so... And people care so little about him, mate, that people have... We're talking... And we signed Reese Walsh talking about the Selwyn Cobo. Playing Walsh at 5'8". Oh, Cobo. Oh, Cobo. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you guys missing that there's this like 19-year-old breaking out there at Brisbane? Somehow they are. It's weird. He's been fantastic. Mm. Like, there's yeah. no way they're putting someone else in that jersey. No, absolutely. Um Shown a lot of flashes of impressive play yeah. so far in his young career. Um, uh, do you, like I mean, they locked in Reese Walsh, but we talked a lot about it last week, assuming it was going to happen. So I don't know how much more we can really say about I, it. I do want to talk about one thing about it because I've had about fifty questions yeah. since. Fans are so impatient. People are already asking me everywhere. Oh, so who plays in the halves after Reynolds goes? What does it mean for Cobo, for fullback or whatever? It's like, mate. I don't fucking care. And neither do those guys. Like Cobo re-signed and he wouldn't have known about Walsh coming back when he re-signed. They wouldn't have just, they wouldn't have re-signed Cobo in a week later and gone, oh yeah, sorry, Cobo, you're not fullback next year like we said last week. He would have known about it. Uh, what I care about having, is having good players. I'm not worried about who's going to be the seven for Brisbane in three years. Like that'll be a problem in a couple of years time. But the guy who could be the Bronco seven might not be in first grade yet, you know, or it might be Ezra or it might be Walsh and it might be Cobo fullback, but I don't care. And, Good teams aren't that worried about that. Like when the storm was mentioned earlier, when they had like seven great fullbacks in one team, they didn't go, oh, fuck, we don't know where we're going to play these guys. They figured it out. You know, they all fit in. And the Joey Manu, right, you know, could have played fullback elsewhere, but somehow he's still, yeah. at, he's still at center at the Roosters. They figured that out. Like, and just because we thought Cobo was going to be the next fullback doesn't mean he is going to be the next fullback. Okay. So he can just stay on the wing and it's okay. He's already got his salary. He's already resigned. He's already got his contract. It's a sunk cost now. Walsh's contract seems to be a value. He can be Walsh fullback, Ezra six, Reynolds seven, and then whoever wins a nine job out of Moza, Pakes, Walters at nine. That's fine. Probably the same spine for a couple of years, and then we'll address it. Like in three years, someone was talking about, oh, what's it going to be when Reynolds retires? Like, mate, Ezra man might not be a Bronco then still. Wish Walsh might not be a Bronco again then. Cobham might not be a Bronco. Like that's too far down the track to worry about. Yeah, and the absolutely. main thing is they 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 sign those those the key players. Herbie's the only one that he got only got for one more year, and he might go to be a fullback elsewhere in a year's time. But also he might not. Just like Joseph Mano hasn't left the Roosters. Like in a year's time, you're presuming for Herbie, someone wants to offer him the fullback gig. Who? Mm. It's like, yeah, I agree. But, but who's like who's signing Herbie at fullback? I mean, I guess we're um, hope, they're hoping the Dolphins, right? But are the yeah. Dolphins really waiting with all the money they have? Right? Are they really going to wait for Herbie Farmworth? To play fullback, mm. so, enjoy like this team. The signings are made is good enough to push next year. That's what they'll be hoping. They're yeah, obviously absolutely. hoping they currently improve now. But we saw this week how good guys like Kobe Henry are, and they're on our bench. You know, like they'll team's oh, looking pretty solid. Looking great. Twenty twenty six halfback. I can I could worry about that in two years time. I I completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's just like, mate, we spent well, one more. Sorry, mate, but we spent like eight years talking about well, when's Corey going to go to the back row? Never. They just worked it out. It's fine. It sucked when he tried when they tried to move him there. Just like it was bad. Cobos still scored. Wing, still scored it. against Souths when he played in the back row. Though. That's it. But yeah, Cobos on the wing. He's great there. And then next year, maybe he's on the wing still. And then after that, maybe he's not on the wing. Who gives a fuck? We the main thing is we have him and on the wing. It still gets twenty plus touches a game. It's fine. Uh, before we move on as well, we want to give some credit on the dragon side of the field. Cody Ramsey has been red hot at fullback, hey? and he yeah. was he was had a great game in this one. And him, Moses Suli, Suli's still bad defensively, but in attack he's been yeah. excellent. Real bright so. sparks for them. I mean, Katoni fired up for him, and unfortunately, Suli going infield, running over small small fellas, took away the uh, zero tries against Katoni from the good fellas. But like I thought, those guys were really good. Jack Bird's been good for them as well. But the let down again, like the halves were bad, McCulloch bad, and then like. Tarek Sims is an idiot. Terrible. Hey, hey, he's coming to save the storm, though. It feels like he got they got told to stop hitting Reynolds at halftime, by the way, by their coach, because they kept hitting him late the whole first half, and then they didn't do it the second half. It's like, yeah, boys, probably not worth getting penalized a lot, hey? Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Probably not worth it. You know, getting Simbi in twice and penalized and whatever. But, yeah, Reynolds played without the pat on his chest that people didn't know, so he's almost fully healed. So, yeah, we'll see, but. Good to get that win. And Tessie knew it was great. People were talk- already worrying about his future. Why do you care as a Broncos fan? Like, I hope he has a good career, but he's not in our best one to five next year. So if he wants to go, let him go. That is true. He's not. Um, There's some tiny signing news for the Sharks. We mentioned Moylan, but they re-signed Britton Nakora as well. He's good. Yeah. I don't, I, he's yeah. a weird one for me, mate. He's got three years and it's just... It's a long time. It's a long time for... a like he had so much, I hate saying it, but he had so much potential and he, not that he hasn't fulfilled, he just hasn't really kicked on like we kind mm. of hoped he would. He, he kind of reminds me a bit of Alex Glenn in that sense that like looked really good young and just kept thinking he'd kick on to another level, hit another level. He just really hasn't. He's just decent. And I know first grade is made of decent players, but uh, it, there's a lot, I don't know. It just feels like it's a lot of security for a guy. I'm not sure he's that great. Yeah. Three years. Good on him. Um, <laughs> all right. There's a game on Wednesday night. Called State of Origin. Let's Less keen for this one it. now. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, COVID. Not about it. Just stop, just stop testing. It's not real anymore. Yeah, we, we've moved <laughs> past it as a society. What are we doing now? Origins ruined because of it. Give me a break. I mean, you're going to tip Queensland anyway, but you can't really be confident without Cam Munster there. No, I can't. And uh, the Blues obviously lost Jordan McLean, which I didn't. I didn't really feel that sorry for him because you know whatever he kind of fell upwards into that gig but then i heard that i saw him crying and said he's had to tell his kids like that he's not playing that yes he said the worst thing i have to do is go home and tell my kids that i'm not i'm actually not playing and i was like fuck okay i feel sorry for you now mate but yeah that looks was like sad. looks like is it daniel sorry not daniel jacob's i feed he's gonna start for him i think it is no i read today that they're no, junior, pa- junior Barlow polo is gonna that. start yeah okay uh, what a what a bold move starting junior polo in a game yeah that's all right well that, that's okay but queensland we haven't got their final team still but apparently it's tom dearden six and uh cory oates on the wing cory oates on the wing obviously that's the that's the decision you have to make i thought they were going to bring in the hammer to the, the hooked on cowboys and i think tom didn't had a great year but i can't stand that i cannot stand that he's starting Poor on ben wednesday Hunt. night that's it mate like you have this guy in the halves who has been he might be the dally m and might actually deserve it. Not what is, but 
He's been one of the best halves in the competition all year and has been for a couple of years now, who is playing hooker and origin because we he, we haven't got halves already, right? You know, because DCE is a seven and because Cam Munster is a six. He was the 14 and now he's playing hooker. And then you get given this like free role at, you know, Ben Hunt, free best form, 32. Fuck it. Let's give him a shot to win us a decider. Let's put him in his position for a decider. And we either back Harry Grant to play 80 or we go, fuck it. Let's call Reed Marnie, get him to play the first 25 and Harry Grant do the rest. And they're fucking gone with, again, didn't good year. I wish him well. I have no bitterness about that because I feel like Broncos have only gone to strength to strength after letting him go. Tom Dean, another fucking rookie to start. That he's gonna him and DCE. That's a Haas pairing. It's gonna win you an Origin game, is it? Sure, why not? I feel like that overthunk. Uh, I read, I read, I read. I know what the thinking behind it. Right? It's, oh, look, you know, he's been at every camp and he's trained with us and whatever. It's like, mate, Ben Hunt's been every fucking camp too, and he's. As much as Tom Dean may have trained in the halves, Ben Hunt has played at origin speed. He's played at speed at half, in the halves in origin. He's never had a bad origin, and he is a half. You think really the combinations matter that much that he doesn't get to start in the six? So I hate that, and that makes it really hard, as you said, mate, really hard to see Queensland winning this game with though, that, that, that change. Like They said they're not even confirming the final 17, but they've confirmed that Dean will play. So the even worse outcome is probably... Hunt six and Dearden on the bench. But lean then I'd, I'd just deal with Dearden for five minutes. So that's what it meant. But I don't know. I can't get my head around it, mate. So all of a sudden we're now starting Nanai and Tom Dearden in an origin decider. Good. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. We, I mean, we mentioned that last week. But... Sorry, Billy Slater, genius to idiot. Um, yeah, we mentioned that last week as well. Like Nano getting rewarded for what was a pretty poor game too by getting a bigger role in the team. But oh, well. Yeah. I mean, thank do. God they're not defending next to each other. Tom Dean's a good defender for a half, to be honest as well, but just didn't want debutant on that right-hand side taking on, you know, the, the Blues or slash Panthers left. But it feels real uphill battle for them now. Obviously, they've missed, lost a couple of key players since game one. Like, they've lost Kafusi, They've lost uh, Munster. Munster, the, he's the most important player in origin for, for either side, uh, in my opinion. But they've lost him. They've lost... Um, Fuck, who's the 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 middle that we got? I got her. What's his name? Reuben Cotter. You know that those are the big parts of the game one win that aren't there now for Queensland, and the big parts of what looked like Queensland would win the series based on, and they're not going to be there. And we have to, we have to hope that Suncorp vibes brings the boys home. And sometimes it is enough, but uh, I'm not sure it is enough, and and it's unfortunate because I don't think this is a particularly good Blues side, even though they won the last game a lot by a lot. Yeah, I think the Blues have to be clear favourites now, just with all the changes and all that stuff. And you know, dollar thirty-five, mate. That is that bad, in, is it? Jeez. In Suncorp, okay. that's um, that's Djokovic versus Kyrgios levels. That's very short. But that's um, yeah, dollar thirty-five at Suncorp. But like, I don't know if they've ever been shorter. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. Maybe maybe they maybe they've pulled the wool over our eyes and, and Ben Hunt will start, but who knows? I, I, I seems unlikely just with how the composition of the rest of the team's made up as you referenced. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's Queensland at Suncorp in a decider. So we shouldn't write them off no matter who's out no. there as we, and especially as we saw two years ago, shouldn't write Queensland off no matter who's in the team. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, yeah I think the Blues are deserved favorites. Yeah. It's, but it's gone from, I was confident they were going to win till I think they can win. Thing no, is, like, though, is like Munster's been one of, if not your most effective player in both games. So, mate, it's he, hard. 
again, we've spoken about before, but he has that trope, like just built for origin garbage, but he's just a good half in origin because a lot of the time the speed is too quick and play breaks down on similar. And he's a guy who can just run across, field, break a few tackles and crack the game open. That's it. He's that guy. And he's now gone and Todd Dearden's a pretty good do your job and execute your role guy, but not a particularly special player, you know, like Tom. And I, I even asked the Broncos fan today, it's like, I'm not crazy, right? But I wouldn't even trade Ezra for Tom back, you know? Yeah. Right. And right. not, I'm not saying Tom Dearden doesn't deserve do no, for Ezra now, but it's like, Decent player, but it just feels weird that like I would again if okay, as a Brisbane fan for the Broncos right if I was offered Dearden Walker Sam Walker or Ezra Dearden comes third in that every time I'm asked that question yeah you that's know so it just too. feels weird he's starting an Origin when Ben like I get he's been the next best half this year out of all of them out of but the other one Ben Hunt's been better than him isn't playing there and Reed Marnie's a good player he is a good player I agree with that. Um, yeah, sense. what's your path to victory then, right? Because, like, you look across the teams and there's not really a part of the field where I think Queensland have a man advantage. I know the game is never as simple as all that, but, yeah, Munster just gave you that edge of just being able to pull something out of his ass if things weren't going well. And I just don't know who that guy... Like, I don't see Caelan Ponga as a guy that's that sort of guy. I don't see... I don't see Tom Dean as that Grant, sort of man. guy. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like I'm not is. trying to get into into your you know Grant versus Cook or anything argument, but it has been he's been the guy when he's come on into into the field for mm-hmm. Queensland in Origins that he's generally the one that's defined how the re- the rest of the game goes for Queensland, be it good or bad. Mm-hmm. But he's generally come on around the ruck and made a difference. But I think the other thing for Queensland that's a big di- that should hopefully help is that the last game when we went into that, I thought Tino looked really tired, and you know, I thought he looked really tired. Papali didn't play much, but I really think this game you're running on the fumes of hoping the pack just turns up again, smash it up the middle, and then it's easy for them. Like, uh, and that's and you you, know, you had guys like Jairo and Papali play really poorly in game two, and if they play well, that's a big difference. I mean, I think the Queensland pack's still a better pack. You know, I, 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 Lindsay Collins is better than whoever he's taking on. Yeah, I think actually, we know hard like because I think right now the three best forwards in the world are all on the Blues team, but one of them isn't playing, so you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, and like Murray is on the edge, and Isaiah is at lock. I agree, but it's like Tino. Other, no, I agree. Like, like Paddy Carrigan has been this series. He might have been the best forward across both games. I think if you were yeah. ranking the forwards in this team in a list, I think Murray and Yo are the top two in whatever order. But and I the think rest like the next Queensland. five guys is Queenslanders. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I get that. Yeah, and um, I don't know, and I, Tom Gilbert as well has already said, "Oh, I'm not an angry man. I'm not going to come on and change the game." That's been a good quote. <laughs> I like Tom Gilbert, by the way. Actually. I actually even I thought he was going to be Dolphins' best forward. signing so far in my opinion. Yeah, he has been, and I thought Puff a couple of years Nichols. ago, and he'd been a bit of disappointing the last couple of years. I thought that guy was going to be a Queensland Origin player in a couple of years, but we've, he's got there. But uh, yeah, I'm just not really comfortable with it's a decider, right? And it's just a very hard environment to play your first Origin, a decider, and we already know anyone who's played it. They it generally it's a speed you're not used to, and it just feels a bit tough to ask Nanai to start. And then if he's not starting, if he's sharing minutes with Gilbert, Gilbert's also playing his first origin. And then you've also got uh, uh, Tom Dean playing his first origin. That's the, the real tough thing to worry about, as you said. But the way they can win that game is is the forward pack. And then it is Ben Hunt and Harry Grant around the middle. And uh, and then you hope that the other guys will do their bit. And to be fair to Pong, he said he's not been a game breaker for Queensland, but what he has done pretty well in the in what they've done in the first two games. When they've scored points, a lot of it has come from him and Harry Grant just going down a blind side. 
basic footy shorts, but they've done that well together. We'll hope and hopefully that that that's what they do again in this game if they see an opportunity. But you're right though, like head to head, like you go through the back line and it's like Queensland win none of those. Actually, I take Oates over Daniel Tupo, but are they lined up on each other? Whatever, I take whoever we have over Daniel Tupo, but the rest of it, the the Blues now win those individual matchups. If the game was played like that, as you said, the game was played like that, the Blues win pretty much everything by like three of the forward spots. <laughs> so. Yes, but the game's not played on favor, Mitchell. It's played in the That's cauldron not- at Lang Park. So yeah, anything yeah. can happen. And these are the things that or- Origin is built on um, Queensland having guys go out and you know throwing it together and seeing what happens. But generally, you'd like to see them. They throw in a, a trusted veteran. Generally, they do rather than throwing in more rookies. And I just think Billy might have got that one a bit wrong. And I know he understands the environment more than I do. And he's read the camp and read the room. But I just don't think just because Dean's been in camp the whole time means he should be the one starting this game. Like, it's, it's strange logic. Um, it is. Like when, when Cam Munster debuted in Origin and he'd been in and out or whatever, they didn't just go, well, we can't use him because he hasn't been in all the camps. You know, yeah. and that's where the Blues were picking Moylan out of Tedesco. That was weird. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I do think it's a beatable Blues side still, yeah. obviously. And and I, and I do, but the, every Origin so far has been pretty much the four pack got on top as one. So that's what Queensland are hoping for, and hope they get. Harley's got to file it under his ass. You'd hope, like he's pretty much playing his for his Origin jersey. So hopefully he starts on fire, and I'm hoping the rest helps Tino. He looked te- like the last Origin. He looked gassed, and he looked yeah. gassed in his last um last Titans game as well. So that's what I'm hoping we do it. And with the fact that Haas isn't there, I do think like Yo is a great player, and so is Kemo. But I do think physically in the middle, there's a potential for Queensland to get on top of the middle. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna take Queensland. Sorry, the Blues by 10 points. Yeah, this is one of those games that if a team's going to win comfortably, it's not the one in Maroon, mm. you know? So Queensland have to get this game down in the mud, get it into a real scrap, and then beat them up in the middle. And even then, I'm not that confident in them winning, but I will go Queensland winning 13 to 10. 13 to 10. What's the <laughs> dynamic in the 13? Explain it to me. Uh, they just kick it. They, 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 so they're up six. Okay. And they kick a field goal. And then the okay. Blues score. In the corner. They rush. They rush the kick. Yeah. Or they decline yeah. it. They decline the kick. Then they rush the kick. They score. They okay. sc- like, so the Queensland go up yeah. to go up 13 without 10 to go. Blue score yeah. like, like 75th minute and then miss the conversion. Okay. That's very specific. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's good. I like it. Um, should be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm also... Um, like I, I do love Origin 14 similar. But sometimes when, when, I, when I'm not that excited for a, for a final... I'm not mm. that excited for this decider, right? I'm not because, like, I don't think either. It's not the best way the Blues could be, and it's not the best yeah. side Queensland could have. So it's like, fuck it. Like, I just want to get through it now and go through the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm also happy that's over. Like, because sometimes Origin deciders when it's like two red hot teams. Like, if the Blues still had like the Trail and Tommy and similar, it doesn't have the different. same build up that it sometimes does, does it? No, because it doesn't feel like a special Origin series. Mm. It started feeling all right, but then it's got to this game. You're like, oh, neither, like neither teams at their best. Yeah, I, I usually have a pretty good finger on this stuff because I don't care who wins, so I can usually sit back and just sort of look at it objectively. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't sort of have that vibe to it yet, but maybe it's different up in Queensland. They just yeah, get and, origin, obviously. And the coronavirus so. stuff's fucking exhausting, mate. Like It is, yeah. We've stopped testing. Like You can come into the country now. You can now fly into the country now without vaccination proof. Yeah, that's like, it. But yeah. And it's just like automatically you're out for like a week with the NRL still. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Like who cares if you, if you end up 
if, yeah, if, like, okay, if they still have coronavirus, if they're still positive, you know, tomorrow or, or Wednesday, fair enough. But if they're it's fucking a, not positive today, it's, 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 it is, it's a damn shame. And it's a damn shame that, like, if, again, he would have been last on the list of people I'd want to get coronavirus in this team. You know, Cam Munster. It's like anyone else, they could take anyone. And like, Tolangi, I would have felt sorry for him, but I also, as a Queensland fan, I wouldn't give a shit if it was him because. And you also even, wanted Corey Oates in the team, but better than him anyway. Yeah. So. But even, even then, even though Hammer hasn't been great this year, also, you're like, fuck it. The Hammer can't, he'll be fine. I would have thought, you know, if he had to go on the wing. It's just the way it's happened. It's like, you're. You're fucking kidding me. And the same thing if the Blues lost like t- Tedesco or like Cleary or something, now be fucking meltdown, right? Yes. Adam Reynolds SOS. Okay, if they lost Tedesco, they'd have yep. to call the troll, right? They, absolutely. Yes. Be a little bit like, I know. I know. We all said this thing. We said some things we can't take back. But we're gonna try anyway. Can you please come into Origin Camp? They'd have to. If they picked anyone else, it would be madness. Genuinely madness. Like oh my god. Well, we mentioned much earlier, by the way. He, but he is in career worst form. That try he let Dane Laurie for score. Dane Laurie, yeah, that's bad. Panic, hands in the air thing. It's like it's like that. It's not the it's first like, time he's done that this year either. It's not. It's like putting the fan on to catch a bomb at half time. He had no read on where that kick was. Yeah, he's really bad against South. He's really bad against the Bulldogs. Yeah, not having a good year. Legitimately, was contract clinter thing because this is the first time he's in contract security. And he's playing like this, and he's not effort areas guy anymore. And he's not yeah, fitness there's, guy. There's anymore. your there's your episode title. Good job. Contract Clint. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe. Um contract court jester. Yeah. I mean, obviously still looking forward to Origin. Um, but I've got a few yeah. days off work, which is exciting. So that's nice. Um yeah. supposed to be going to Queensland, but I forgot we were babysitting an old dog, so now I'm just staying home. But yeah, oh well. But I'm also yeah, I think part of my lack of origin excitement too is the fact that the season is it's so many, as we said, there's ladder position jostling again. There's so many teams that are actually in the running for not just the top eight, but the top four as well. And we don't even really know. Like we really, as you said, Matt, we don't really know the top four. Like Penrith. The, the Cowboys, they're gonna make it, but they you, you would know, think still, so. they're, only, they're only two wins ahead of the, the of the pack. There's the Cowboys, but the Storm and Sharks aren't locked in, even though I think they'll make it. But then outside the eight, like the Roosters are a win outside the eight. That is still very funny. And they have a really tough run in. Like that's going to be great every week watching that footy. I think that's why I'm also more excited for the rest of the season because sometimes you get to Origin now and the footy, the top eight's kind of already locked up. Mm. You know, we're not at that point, mate. And we have a, a spoon battle again. We have a dog's resurgence. I think it's some good footy coming. Yeah. Anything else we say about Origin? We good? No. Uh, mm. Queensland thirteen plus. I've changed my tip. Thirteen, 13 nil. Okay. Thirteen, 13 nil. nil. Okay. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and if you're not fired up yet, you might be tomorrow. I got a five thousand word story about game three, 2012 coming. So I'm, yeah. Well, you should tell some tell some of the story about that before we go. How okay. that happened and what and what you've been uh, doing. Oh, it's been good. I mean, I spoke to a couple of blues guys and then uh, had a Zoom with Cam Smith and Jonathan Thurston on Friday for like forty minutes. Actually, it was clutch as hell because it went. I I said goodbye to them at like thirty nine fifty three on the clock, which meant I didn't have to buy Zoom Premium, so that was nice. Um, I think the COVID, <laughs> I think the COVID news actually broke while we were talking as well, which was pretty funny. But, but it's invert, um, it's, am I, I might be end up blaming you on Wednesdays. Sound like Bungard? It might be somebody your yeah. fault now. At this point, you're at least <laughs> sure. you're more responsible Culpable. now than you were 30 seconds ago. That's fair. that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, it was good. Um, obviously, went back and watched uh, watched the game on Monday. Uh, Mitchell Pierce was pretty poor. Was my main takeaway, which <laughs> and it wasn't. 
he's still got another opportunity and another and another. It was great. Like people go, oh, what's he supposed to do? The screen that is so good. It's like these last two kicks in this game are so bad. Like they're I so, miss so, him so, so, so bad. I used, I, to, I used to get an argument that he should never be selected, but also we really could you use liked him on Wednesday. Yes, you we could. could really, SS, a could reverse really SOS. But yeah, it was yeah. funny. Like um, I'd forgotten a lot about this game and it was good to watch it. And um, like the Justin Hodges tries the most hilarious obstruction I've ever seen in my life. And they're just like, no, nah, play on. Although... Yeah, yeah, Todd Carney does run like 15 meters past the ball, shooting up in defense, trying to make a play, which does create the gap as well. So I don't know. Maybe that's why they did allow it. But yeah, crazy game. I mean, that's that's like, I don't know. That's when it felt like, that's that back then is when it felt as big as it's ever felt like in our lifetimes, I think, in those peak Queensland years when the Blues mm. sort of kind of had a sniff of beating them. And that game was as close as that dynasty ever came to falling until it actually did fall in 2014. Yeah, um, but it, as you said, those games felt like they meant more because of that dynasty, which it's know. remarkable. Like Cam Smith remembers like everything from that game, like which is, I guess, not surprising. But yeah, it, like recalled like everything that happened. Like that's good. that's good. But like the thing about the dynasty there, which would be hard if even if the Blues went on that run, the, the mm. Queensland team, whilst it did have different players, a, like half of yeah. it was the same pretty much. Yeah, and no, the Blues no would luckier, never do that. But you know, you call it Cooper Cronk. Billy's injured, but you. Just move Greg Inglis to fullback. It's like they had yeah. insane depth. It was completely yeah, fun. They did. Um, and it was every year there was always one or two people out, but it was like the back line pretty much had Inglis, Boyd, mm. Hodges, Tate, Thurston in it, plus like mm. a Lockyer or a Cronk, or like some years it was Dane Nielsen or Willie Tonga yeah. or something. It was Dane Nielsen in this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Or Falau. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed doing that. It's I think it's the longest story I've ever written. So if you like Origin, read it tomorrow when I publish yeah. it. But people talk yet. about hate and origin, by the way. Part of that hate is is in that period when it started coming back a lot is because if you were a casual fan, you knew the Queensland team. That's and you true. knew the Blues would have these five or six players as well. And that's part you, of that you, hate. You knew you knew Paul Gallen and you knew Mitchell Pierce and you knew yeah. Jared Hayne. And yeah, the Morris boys, the Morris boys, there. yeah. And Bird was there and Scott was there. And then Jennings a lot of the time, but a lot of the same yeah. ones. But but you know, and We've been around footy and you've obviously been in the media for a long a long time. I don't think I'd be starstruck or struggle through many interviews, but I think that one is one that being Smith <laughs> and Thurston, I think you can probably one at the time might be okay, but you have to wrangle Smith and Thurston and you're in their dynamic, mate. So how'd that great. feel? Is it was that a bit rattling? Yeah. I I I was pretty I was just like, I mean I just wanted to do a good job, but I'd prepared really seriously for it, which mm. is rare for like things I do on Zoom, such as this show. But um, yeah, no, I, I like, yeah, I, I was just obviously mainly uh, nervous is the wrong word, but like, you know, you want to do a good job when you get opportunities like this. So, you know, just did a lot of prep and I put a college shirt on just for the Zoom, which was funny. It was like when um Homer puts a tie on to impress Laddie. Yeah. And they <laughs> wouldn't like, have been in college. Shirts, but they never no, seen a they college weren't. shirt in their life. They no, were college shirts on TV. No, that's a good, yeah, but still. Well, I didn't know if like they would have like a, I don't know if there'd be like a, you know, like a, like a producer person just also on the call. But anyway, but yeah, no, it was, it was really good. Just, and I think those guys, it's the same thing when you see like Bill Belichick get asked a question about like actual sport, right? Like yeah, when you get those guys just talking about the footy, they can go all day. Yeah, and, and they're not given that space very often, sadly. No, I think they. they I, I, I mean, they look like they were having a good time and enjoyed it. I hope they did. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, anyway, that's good. But um, we'll come out yeah, tomorrow. I, the, the gear they're wearing too, by the way. It's um, when I first started working in my current job, when I was working in footy, when, we, when I first got the gig, we all went to like went to the office in office gear. Yeah, 
And I, I think I've told you before, I was the short crusader. Like we used to like all these memes and stuff. I mean, you go to a footy club and they're in just their bloody club shorts and a singlet or whatever. So yeah, yeah I've realized like you, you wearing a collared shirt was like, mate, you're, you're probably acting too good for them at some point, but no, you got to big legged them. <laughs> big legged them, you did, but yeah, yeah, just they're footy shorts and t-shirt people, no matter the weather footy people are, but except on TV, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. No, mate, um, and then I'm yeah, spoke to, to reading it, the, 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 the novel you've um, written. James Tamo as well, who, by the way, is a very nice man. James Tamo. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Um, the, the, guy, the Kiwi. Stop it. How dare he? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, well, did, he, did he open up talking about the paycheck he received that day? That was the most important thing about Origin for him, that he got, that he got money? because the, the No, Kiwis he talked about much. how much he enjoyed it. And yeah. a lot of, he remembers all the vivid money. He, he remembers That's exactly where series Kronk, too, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about how he remembers exactly where Kronk kicked the field goal from. I think that's and the best quote is, is, is Gal just is, is just going, I just remember looking up and going, get fucked when that field goal went through. Because it's yeah, actually, it's that's... One of the Gal, best field goals of all time. Though. He didn't remember, like, he didn't remember everything like, vividly. He remember most of the came out of the match, but he remembered very vividly shooting out of the line and the ball from Kronk on that field goal goes under his armpit as he tries to, like, yeah. desperately charge it down. And he looks back and it's going wide and then it hooks back and goes in. And it's like... Yeah, that was he's so, the and only I watched one it again. Pressures it too. Yeah, he's the only one that realizes what's going on, which is also crazy. But because well, again, well, like I did ask Smith about that as well. It's like you obviously did you start that, and he said no, they didn't, they didn't really start. Even though it was a twenty meters restart, which got them the that that's how they started that set because Pierce kicks it dead. He said they weren't really planning for a field goal on that set. It just worked out like David Shillington got a really really quick play of the ball, and Kronk just fucking yeah banged it. And the, with that quality, Queens, even with that, you said quick play the ball, but they were a really good team the whole time getting in the right position, like shape. Yeah. Like like Parker and Nate Miles are up blocking already too, and the Blues still hadn't clicked. But I think that one thing you mentioned there about Smith remembers everything vividly and Gallon doesn't. We know it speaks to the greatness of Cam Smith, but Smith's a dude who's also in the middle working his guts yeah. out, and he still remembers all those things. Whereas when sometimes you're middle forward, like Paul Gallon is, yeah. ten minutes of the no. game can just go past. You just remember, back, yeah, up, that's up, true. Up, he remember he remembered a lot of things, but like yeah. Cam was like meticulous with like, oh yeah, the, yeah, I remember Corey Parker threw me an offload, then I threw it out to JT, and and then he gave it to Bo- yeah. Darbs, and Darbs scored. It's like yeah, but that's part of his greatness, and that's part of his greatness yeah. of why when he goes into a game, Corey Parker's remembers- sick in this game, by the way. Yeah. He is. He has a great game. He, mate, he was really good when he finally got back in the Origin team. Like he mm. didn't crack that side for ages. But there's something about those guys who are really good that you can't quantify and you can't put like when people compare like Mike LeBron's stats to anyone or Cam Smith, the stats don't really matter that much. But you hear them talk and you have their their recall, and that's one thing in common with all the great players across all the sports. They have recall better than anyone else does. Hey, yes. like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady's the same. Matt. he's not obviously not as gifted as other guys who played quarterback. His recall is exceptional, and Keith has it, it too, and that's why he's so it, good because he knows. Last time I did X and Y, that guy did Z. So next time I do X and Y, I'll do W. You was know? it Sean McVay who said he can remember every play he's ever called in an NFL game? The coach, yeah, yeah. which is, again is insane. And someone just someone tested him and he nailed all of them. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, oh, that my, game one is. One of my favorite LeBron things, mate, is him telling other opponents what their plays are. Like, yeah, when oh, that's great. Yeah, 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 mate, yeah, you've yeah. got to be there. This play, you're over there. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's great. It's and yeah, there's a little things that go unnoticed, but yeah, there's a lot yeah. like you know, you know, in the day to day grind of this, you don't get a lot of opportunities just to talk to like the best footy players ever, just about games they played in. So and for yeah, that long, you're not writing so. news, mate. You had time to work on it, get a good story. You don't have to just write. You know, yeah. usually you have. If you're yeah, living in the moment sometimes, mate. As a journalist or anyone, it's 
Mm. You can talk to interesting people, but talk garbage, not interesting topics. Yeah. You know, you got to talk interesting. So it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Forward to reading exactly. like. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I got to put a bunch of videos and pictures in it tomorrow. But well, shout out Neil, like guest me. of the show, sorted me out. No, I was trying to pretend to read the thing. I get to see the pictures because obviously, <laughs> obviously Neil, who's come on the show before, is a he works on the TV side at nine, and he he tracked down the HD like footage of the game because I watched it back on like a YouTube copy like yeah. on the weekend but he found the HD and I crap go I got the video to make a bunch of videos for it so yeah but good man, work, Neil. Yeah. and it's one of the greatest origin field goals such, such, it's, it's is... the best field goal ever I wrote because there's obviously been more important ones like JT in the grand final sorry to bring that mm-hmm. up but and there's obviously been better ones like Sandow against the Roosters or Benji against the Titans but if you combine both degree of difficulty and the context yeah. it's number one for me I think yeah, and um, it was one of those things that that series was really defining for Cooper Cron's legacy because before that 100%. series, he was just treated like the whatever yeah. guy in that great team. Yeah, and he got to go into that side and he kicked a banging field goal. And uh, the two years earlier, by the way, it was and it wasn't to decide a decided game, but Lockie kicked like a forty-six meter field goal if you remember before mm. half time in twenty ten. But again, it's the context, the field on its own. That Lockie field goal is a better field goal, mm. but it ain't on its own. It's <laughs> not. It's it's all the pieces matter. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think we had enough right. chat now. Yeah. Probably, maybe. Okay. Okay. Oh, and before we go, uh, well, it's been a lot. Of, so, hey, I had a nap just no, to do this podcast nap. on Monday. So, I hope the people appreciate the lot. Because yeah, I mean, Campo and I went out to watch Kiros last night, and then got yeah. home at three a.m. Had work at six a.m. So I am knackered. But yeah, Wimbledon's over now, so can just just go back to normal and just not sleeping for different reasons, like you know, grip pulling insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Well, that's the thing. Saying up for the tennis is like, oh, I can save an extra hour. That's fine. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. Oh, my God. All right. Um, before we go, a quick shout out from the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. They are Bronco from Birth, Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Bezwick, Dan Klein, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Frankie, Jace, Felix, Farnworth, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey, Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kick South out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Gregson, Mo- Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, never trendy, Party Keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneider Pilt Score, Seymour Butt, Stephen Hickey, Stone Gossard, Swarzy, Ty, TV, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone in the loyalties and everyone who listens, thank you as well. That is patreon.com forward slash NRLBIN rookies if you would like to support us. Um, Dean's getting a lot of mileage out of me saying kicks the outside of the comp every episode. Maybe we should kick Dean out of the podcast. Well, we, you did that. That's why he started giving us money. <laughs> that was out of the Discord. Yeah. Is that extortion? No, it's not. But paying, paying your Is way, it mate, it's capitalism. Okay, that's true. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful capitalism. All right. Training goods uh, and services, buddy. That's true. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with all the origin wash up, your questions, and plenty of other things. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>